Good morning again, and always good to be with you. Uh, sometimes you might wonder why guest preachers choose texts that they choose and why they preach what they preach, at least sometimes. Um, and I've gotten in the habit of choosing texts lately that have had a profound significance in my own life. Uh, parts, portions of God's Word that have I have found very redemptive, very encouraging, very challenging uh, sometimes. And that's going to be the case today. Uh, with a text in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to focus really on verses 3 and 4 and 5 a little bit, but I'm going to read uh, all five verses just to put this in context for us today. From 1 Corinthians chapter 4, hear now the word of God. This is how one should regard us. This is Paul speaking as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Here ends the reading of God's word. Let's bow before him in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning. We bow before your awesome and glorious majesty. For truly there is no one like you, creator, Lord of all things. In you is all truth, goodness, beauty, love, righteousness, mercy, compassion. You are infinite, eternal, and present everywhere at once. We bow before you and worship you, our glorious God and gracious Redeemer through Jesus. And as we sang earlier, Lord, we now ask that you would speak to us through your word. Open our hearts and minds to your truth. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me begin by asking you a question. Do you ever hear voices in your head? Might be an odd question, you might think, but and it's not usually a good thing if somebody is hearing voices in their head. Uh, it's an immediate cause for alarm in most cases often means somebody's having some sort of mental or emotional issues in their life, or they might even be dangerous. But reality is, I think all of us have been hearing voices in our heads most of our lives. Voices that in many cases have had a very significant impact on our lives and how we perceive or feel about ourselves, both positively and negatively. Voices that in some cases have actually shaped our behavior and influenced the course of our lives. So my question, again, is this. 
What are the voices that you have been hearing in your head in your life? Maybe even today. Is it the voice of a parent? A teacher? A coach? A friend? A boss? God himself? It might be hard for you to think of something, so here are a couple examples that I've heard others share with me. Maybe these will ring a bell. Maybe you can identify with them. Woman told me once in a sort of counseling session, she said, growing up, my mother would tell me every night when she tucked me into bed, I love you. You are more precious to me than life itself. I am so proud of you. She went on to, to say, I can't tell you what those words have meant to me all my life. Knowing that I was loved so deeply and unconditionally. And she attributed those words of her mother. They were the words that she would echo in her head. That she felt loved, she felt valued, it gave her confidence and self-esteem and helped her through so many hard times. But contrast it with this. Maybe you've heard these words. You'll never amount to anything. Why can't you do anything right? Why can't you be like your brother or your sister? I don't love you anymore. These are words that can have a devastating effect in our lives. And these are the kinds of voices, positively or negatively, that we have heard and sometimes never go away. And they can bless us or they can haunt us all our lives. In my own life, there are some phrases that rattle around in my cranium. One is from a coach back in high school. Played baseball in high school and college and this sort of thing. And one of, these, one of the days during our preseason workouts, he finally just said, Powers, you are really slow, but you always get there. Now that sounds rather benign, I admit, but I've never forgotten those words. They have been a source of inspiration and encouragement to me. They've given me confidence that if I kept trying and persevered, I'd usually succeed. And as a result, I don't tend to give up on anything easily. I tend to persevere and I'm not daunted if others are, are quicker or if they're better than I am. And so as you might imagine, the story of the tortoise and the hare is one of my favorites. Contrast that with this. Back in high school, again, my father. Three simple words that I continue to hear all these years later. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. Okay. Context is obviously important uh, here. I was a big shot baseball player during high school. We had moved to another town. And so the, back in our hometown, they kind of set up a, a schedule to game with my new high school so I could come back to town. They'd have this big deal. And so we were having this baseball game. Uh, I was the starting pitcher for our high school team. And so a lot of people showed up, all of our old friends, all of our family, people in the schools, this sort of thing. It was a big deal. And I was not having a good day at all. 
just could not seem to get the ball over the plate, could not throw very hard. My arm hurt like crazy. I was doing the best I could, but apparently I was a great frustration and embarrassment to my dad, who finally just shouted out from the stands, throw the ball. And that stuck with me. They really stung. It went really deep. Deeper than he ever intended, of course. But what I heard then, and what I've heard on other occasions were, you're disappointing me. You're embarrassing me. And I value you when you make me proud, especially in public. That's what I heard. That's what stuck with me for a long time. And it took a long time to get past it. I felt his love was conditional. It resulted in me being determined much of my life to prove him wrong or to live up to his expectations. Even in ministry, I often found myself trying to prove myself in his eyes, to live up to those expectations, to make him proud. Failure was not an option. And when it happened, it felt catastrophic and humiliating. So I ask you again, what are the voices that you've heard or are still hearing that have had an impact on you, positively or negatively, maybe even helped shape your life? Keep in mind, some of these voices are what I call social voices. It's what we hear from society, even through social media, which can include bullying from peers, online, in person, whatever. If you look at history and society, very often, message was sent that if you were poor, for example, society looked down on you as a lesser person. They would label you as lazy, worthless, and irresponsible, and more often than not, you would live up to that expectation. Go back and if you're Irish, maybe some of you are Irish, if you were, you were branded in all sorts of literature years ago as violent and unruly, quick-tempered. More often than not, you lived up to that. If you're black, then you're bad. That's the message that was sent through society. Then if you remember, maybe some of you do, what was called the doll experiment years ago. It's been repeated many, many times, uh, actually. But it was actually done way back in the 60s initially. And what, what this experiment was is that they brought these uh, small children, maybe four or five years old, into a room. And they sit them at a table, and then on the table, they would give them a, a black doll and a white doll. And then they just asked these children a simple couple simple questions. Which doll is the good doll? Nine times out of ten, the child would point to the white doll, even if the child was black. Which doll is the pretty doll? Even though these children were black, they pointed to the white doll. Which doll do you want to be your friend? Almost overwhelmingly, they pointed to the white doll. And this experiment, like I said, has been repeated over and over again. You can still get uh, YouTube videos uh, of these. But the point is, these are the kinds of voices we hear. And to countermand them, we start hearing other voices. And so out of the 60s, we began to hear, black is beautiful. 
And that has continued to resonate as a counter voice to this whole idea that black is bad, which was the, the message being sent so often. These are the voices we hear in our heads, positively or negatively. And it can all be actually a part of the spiritual warfare that goes on in our lives. Something that most of us don't think about very much, or let alone notice. And one of the meanings of the word devil or Satan is adversary or accuser. And he's described in the Bible as the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us before the throne of God, but he accuses us in the whispers in your ear. Don't you remember when you did that? Don't you remember when you said that? Oh, shame on you. You consider yourself a follower of Jesus? I don't think so. Or what were you thinking when you did that? Or any number of these kinds of things. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you call yourself a Christian. You can't show your face in public anymore, let alone go to church. These are the kinds of things that we hear. And Satan is more than happy to dredge up these things from our past and to give these voices in our heads a real power to us. My point, again, is this. These voices are a much bigger part of our lives than maybe most of us realize and something that is actually addressed in the Scriptures. And one of these places is 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me read just a couple of those verses again. Verse 3. But with me, Paul says, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. See, one of the things you find in the book of Corinthians, first and second, for that matter, is that Paul was often attacked, both personally and theologically. He endured lots of opposition. He had to deal with a lot of slander, lies, and false accusations, as Jesus himself had to do. He had to deal with it from local leaders as well as Jewish leaders who did everything they could to undermine his credibility, cast doubt on the gospel of grace that he was proclaiming. And it would get pretty nasty at times. In verses first two verses, he says this, how should we, this is how you should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, moreover is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. And so what he's doing is saying, my personal identity is that I'm a servant of Jesus. My professional identity is that I am a steward of the mysteries of God, a preacher of the Word. And then he goes on to say essentially three things about whether they're talking about him personally or professionally, those who are attacking him. And he would say in verse 3, you know, it really doesn't matter what you guys say about me. My only judge, the only one I'm accountable to is God himself. Even if you drag me into a courtroom and put me on trial, which they often would do, it doesn't matter what your verdict is because I already have a verdict. Because I know who I am. I know whose I am. And as long as I am faithful to God and His calling to my life, I have no concerns. And you have no power over me. It is only His verdict that matters. And that sets me free. 
That puts me as a person on solid ground. It's like he is saying in this regard, sticks and stones can break my bones, but your words can never hurt me. Of course, these are more theologically informed words. Even more stunning to me, though, is his statement where he goes on to say, you know, I don't even judge myself. You know, we could often be our own worst critics. Doesn't matter what anybody else out there is saying, because we're beating ourselves up right here. We're by far our own worst critics. The names we call ourselves, what we think about ourselves, the shame we feel, the skeletons in our closet, the things we often say and think about ourselves are more harsh and demeaning than what anybody else can say or think. And the fact of the matter is, it's because we know our own souls. We know more than anybody else how selfish, corrupt, perverse, and angry, and bitter, and foolish, and unbelieving, and doubting we really can be at times. There's a lot of shame and guilt there. Nobody's got to pile on anything else because i got plenty to go around for myself. As a matter of fact, if we're really honest about things, when somebody criticizes us, instead of defending ourselves, our response really could be, you know, you really have no idea how bad I really am. Your criticism is not only valid, it's a whole lot worse than you realize. You're only scratching the surface if you only knew. There'd be a temptation to that, and there are truths to that. But Paul says, I'm not even worried about what I judge myself. The reality is, we can have a very delusional, inaccurate, defective assessment of ourselves. So Paul says, I don't even trust what I do. My only judge is Christ. And he's saying all this, not in some sort of defiant, in-your-face sort of response to his critics. He's just saying, I know who I am. I know who I belong to. The verdict has already been rendered in Christ. And I'm on solid ground here. And therefore, I can stand whatever you've got, or I myself would dish out. And so what is that verdict in God's courtroom? Paul's confidence in ours, if we're believers in Jesus, his ability to stand before anyone else's voices, including his own, is that he hears the voice of Jesus saying to him, in essence, this. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I love you and you are mine and nothing will ever be able to separate you from my love. You are saved by my grace. You are clothed in my righteousness. And my opinion is now the only one that matters for you. Abide in my love. I believe that is a very accurate and personal description of the gospel. This, of course, is similar to the voice that Jesus heard when he began his earthly ministry and heard it several other times, like at the Transfiguration and other points, where it was like God in his humanness, as he submitted himself to the human condition, as he started out in ministry, God says, let's get this straight right from the get-go. You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. And he reminded Jesus of that 
along the way. Because Jesus had put himself in such a vulnerable position, such a weak condition, even as the divine Savior. And this would be the voice he heard until he went to Calvary and he could no longer hear that voice and he cried out instead, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can't hear your voice anymore. That's because at the cross... Jesus took upon Himself Paul's and our sins. He died in our place. He took the judgment and wrath that we did deserve so that instead we might be forgiven, that we might have eternal life, that we might be made a child of God, and that we might now hear forever, you and me, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And in you, I am well pleased. That's the voice he wants you to hear. This is similar to what Paul says in Romans and Galatians that once we're Christians, God sends the Spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, we are His. He wants us to know it. He doesn't want us just to know it theologically. He doesn't want us to just know it intellectually. He wants us to know it personally and experientially. That's why the Spirit comes into our hearts and He cries to our souls, Abba, Father, and we echo back, we're told, with Abba, Father. This is the voice. Yeah, we have lots of reasons to feel bad about ourselves, if we're honest. A lot of skeletons in our closets. We've all said, done, and thought some pretty terrible things. Paul's right up there. We really were, are worthy of our critics. We're worthy of Satan's accusations, if you want to get honest. But some don't really know what to do with it. Some just try to pass it off. And we come up with things like, well, you know, nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. The air is human and all this. But these are nothing more than fig leaves that we are trying to sow onto ourselves to cover our embarrassments, to cover our nakedness. And they are so inadequate. But we do it because we have anywhere else to go apart from the gospel. Some try to make excuses. I had a bad upbringing. I had negative influences. He or she deserved what I did or said to them. Whatever. It's the same thing that Adam tried to do. When God confronted him and he said, well, it was the woman. Yeah, it was the woman. That was the woman you gave me. I mean, what am I to do? Excuses, excuses. And where did that get him? Kicked out of the Garden of Eden. We really do deserve God's rejection and wrath, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That God shows His love for us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're a Christian, then this is the voice you get to hear for the rest of your life until you stand in His presence someday and you hear Him say what you will. Welcome home, child. I love you. You are more precious to me than life itself, literally. I am so proud of you. Come home. See, it's knowing and experiencing this that brings us together in worship, giving thanks and praise to our God. 
It's knowing and experiencing this that motivates our obedience and service in life. We obey and serve not so He will love us and accept us, but because we are loved and we are accepted. And this is the voice we hear. It's knowing and experiencing this that gives us the strength and the courage to endure all sorts of heartbreaks, disappointments, and trials in life. It's knowing and experiencing this that enables us to stand firm against all the negative voices we hear. The cacophony, the noise of angry, accusing, demeaning voices. Yes, it's nice to hear your mother's voice. That's a bonus. It's good to hear affirming things. It's how we love and serve one another. But the voice that matters, that anchors you when you don't, even from yourself, is the God who says, you're my beloved child. In you I am well pleased. I hope this is the voice you'll hear for the rest of your life and all eternity that will shape your perceptions of yourself and will help you stand in His presence someday. If you're not a Christian, if you're listening in today, you're here this morning, I pray that you will not leave today that you'll not turn off your TV or computer till you have bowed your knee before Jesus. Confessed your sins. Asked Him to come to you and forgive you, make you His child. So this is the voice you get to hear for the rest of eternity. That your sins are forgiven. I love you. You are mine. This is what we get to celebrate. This is the gospel these are the words I want to leave you with. You are my beloved son or daughter in whom I'm well pleased. I love you. You are mine. Nothing will ever be able to separate you from my love. You are saved by my grace. You are clothed in my righteousness. And my opinion is now the only one that matters for you. Abide in my love. Let's pray. Oh, Father, for so many of us, life has been at times so very hard because of the things we have heard, the things we've seen, the things we've done. It's easy for us to be crushed under the load. But let us hear your voice calling to us. Your loving, gracious, redemptive voice. Let us run to you, our Abba Father, to be embraced in your love and to hear your voice today. Give us the ears to hear. Give us the eyes to see this. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.